Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. M-S-W Media. The Air Force is spending your tax dollars at a Trump resort. The House Oversight Committee is investigating, but they still haven't received any documents. So what does this mean and what happens next? Let's get on topic. Welcome to On Topic, a weekly in-depth look at a topic that helps us understand the week's news. My name's Renato Mariotti. I'm a former federal prosecutor, a practicing lawyer, and a CNN legal analyst. And I'm usually joined by my friend Patty Vasquez. She's busy on the campaign trail in her run for state representative here in Illinois. Uh, So I'm going to be talking to you briefly and then bringing in our guest. Um, So what we're going to be talking about today is a bombshell report that all of you have probably seen on cable news or read about uh, on your phones or on the Internet. The report by the Politico uh, and particularly by reporter Natasha Bertrand that um, Air Force crews uh, have been staying at a Trump resort called the Turnberry Resort, Trump Turnberry, which is 50 miles outside of Glasgow in Scotland. Uh, It's unusual um, to have uh, crews uh, traveling that far. It's even more unusual to have them staying at a luxury resort. And what she reported over the weekend um, is that since April, the House Oversight Committee has been investigating why the crew, the crew at the um, on the military transport has been making this unusual stay. But they have not received any answers from the Pentagon, no documents whatsoever. Um, the the oversight panel said they have not received a single document in their investigation. Um, it is. And as she noted in that piece. Um, the um, the uh, the military has generally been landing at U.S. air bases, not at that um, private uh, airport in Scotland. Although there is uh, there has been a contract out uh, with that airport, um, and you know she said, for example, in the story that one crew member was so struck by the choice of hotel, which is so markedly different than the Marriotts and Hiltons that the squadron's accustomed to, that quote he texted someone close to him and told him about the stay, sending a photo and noting that the crew's per diem allowance wasn't enough to cover food and drinks at the resort. The Air Force is saying this isn't unusual, um, that this is the cheapest and and closest place to stay. Um, On its face, that seems very fishy to me. Um, And you can believe that there's going to be further investigation of this. Now, before we bring in Natasha, uh, a number of you had questions, uh, legal questions about what this meant. And a lot of you are asking, for example, isn't this a, uh, a, a standalone charge? Isn't it something that someone could be charged with as a crime? 
The answer is probably not, and I know that's going to shock a lot of you, but typically corruption um, federally is charged um, as either a violation of the federal bribery statute or kickback, some sort of what you, what you have in a whole slew of statutes that can be charged is what you need to have is the exchange of something, some public um, uh, uh, official act in exchange for something of money. So what that would mean here is like, for example, if... Um, someone paid off the military or a member of the military to stay at a Trump resort. Here, really, what's going on is um, that the, uh, the military knows uh, that the president of the United States owns this resort, and there may be pressure from somebody to stay at a particular resort. Totally improper, totally corrupt. Um, not a crime, uh, but totally corrupt. It may violate certain statutes or regulations. That I have no doubt about. But from a criminal law perspective, this is something that is that is not a crime. And, you know, sometimes what I think surprises people the most is what's what is legal um, and what what you know, what you can uh, get away with in terms of, uh, you know, not being punished criminally. That said, um, this is the reason why a number of of clauses exist in our Constitution. Of course, we have the emoluments clause, which many of you have heard about, which says that, that, you know, the president shouldn't be receiving uh, foreign monies. Um, but, you know, there are others. In fact, the, the reason that the impeachment clause exists is so that the Congress can, you know, make sure that the president isn't doing things that are an abuse of his power. So while this is very this investigation is very early on and we don't know where it will lead, um, it's it, it appears on its face to be downright corrupt. Um, and, uh, you know, regardless of. Um, the legal uh, fallout and what that could mean in terms of some lawsuit. I think the more important thing that could come of this would be uh, potentially um, having this be part of the Democrats' impeachment uh, investigation and ultimately an article of impeachment. It's certainly uh, if, in fact, there were you know the corrupt spending of money at Trump resorts or the direction of our military to do so, um, you know that uh, certainly could be grounds to impeach. Uh, the president. So let's get right to and bring in our guest, Natasha Bertrand. Um, you, many of you uh, know her because she is an MSNBC analyst. Uh, but in addition to that, more her primary job or day job is to be politicals, Politico's national security correspondent. Um, she, you know, before that, she was a staff writer for The Atlantic and she worked uh, before that at Business Insider. She has covered many different stories um, but this one is quite a scoop. So let's bring in Natasha. Welcome back to the podcast, Natasha. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I have to say I was absolutely shocked to read the the piece that you uh, published this weekend. Um, can you tell us you know, a little bit about um, how how this story developed? Because it's, it's quite a scoop. Yeah, so we had written previously about the Secret Service, former Secret Service agents telling us that actually it is a it is not true to say that it's easier for the vice president, Mike Pence, to stay at Trump's resorts and um, for safety reasons. And so we had published that story kind of, um, you know, debunking that. And someone close to one of the crew members on one of these flights reached out to me after reading that story and said, hey, you know, this is something else related to Trump's properties that you should be looking into. 
the crew actually stayed over at Trump Turnberry um, in March of this year and found it to be very unusual because they had never actually made a stop in Glasgow before when on this routine trip from the U.S. to Kuwait to deliver supplies. So not only was the stopover at this small airport outside of Trump Turnberry very bizarre for them, the fact that they stayed then at Trump's resort about 30 miles away was also very kind of unnerving. Where do you how do you go from that to learning about a House Oversight Committee investigation of this conduct that uh, that I thought was really interesting because typically uh, members of Congress want the public to know all the stuff that they're doing. This is something that has kind of been happening under the radar. So part of the other reason why this person reached out to us was because they were frustrated that they weren't getting answers from Congress because they had actually brought this to the Hill to investigate back in April of this year. And we were told by the source that they had eventually brought it to the oversight committee to investigate. So we then went to oversight and said, hey, we're looking into this. Have you heard of it? Is it true that you're investigating? And we ultimately got back this statement from a Democratic aide, as well as the letter confirming that they had, in fact, reached out to the Pentagon in June of this year to ask more questions about, you know, whether they were making exceptions or whether they were increasing um, the per diem allowances of troops in order to let them stay at Trump's resort and to be refueling at this airport. And they, you're, you wrote in uh, Politico that they had not received a response. Uh, is that, have they, they have not heard at all from the Pentagon? Is that, is that accurate? What we're told is that they've heard absolutely nothing. And they sent this letter while then Acting Defense Secretary Pat Shanahan was still um, leading the Pentagon. Of course, there was, you know, he left. There was a big kind of shuffle. But in the month since, they still haven't gotten any answers. And in a statement from the Air Force that we got yesterday, we were told, um, you know, that those answers are not necessarily forthcoming immediately. They still have to do internal investigations. They're still trying to figure out um, whether or not everything was indeed above board with all of the spending at both the Trump Turnberry Resort and the refueling at this small airport, Prestwick. And the Pentagon tells us that they are preparing some kind of response to the letter, but it, it doesn't really make all that much sense because they've had about two and a half months now to respond to the Oversight Committee's letter. And it just seems like they're scrambling at this moment because it's become public. Yeah, I I noticed that you wrote in your piece that the Air Force was investigating the Air Force operations and spending in Scotland. That's unusual in and of itself, that there's an internal investigation that's occurring at the Air Force. Um, what What do you know or what can you tell us about that investigation? So not much. Unfortunately, the the Air Force kind of gave us this bland statement saying that, you know, they they believe that what happened was, quote unquote, not unusual. But at the same time, they said that they are still investigating it and trying to figure out, you know, why the crew uh, decided to stay at Turnberry, even though ultimately it had to be approved by higher ups. And, you know, we're also told that the Pentagon is still investigating itself as to, you know, whether the expenditures are warranted and whether they will have a fulsome response to the House Oversight Committee. But it, it again, it just kind of is shocking to us that they've had months and months to look into this and to provide an answer to oversight. And the only reason that they now are scrambling to provide one is because we reported on this. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, one question that listeners had uh, was, 
why the Democrats have been slow to get subpoenas uh, or try to force the issue here. Do you, from your conversations with, with staff, do you have any understanding of that? No, and we were actually talking amongst ourselves just internally in the newsroom about how shocked we were that this hadn't come out before. Um, it seems like the kind of corruption, alleged corruption anyway, that the Democrats would really want to highlight because it could be such a blatant violation of the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution. And with their now expanded investigation into Trump's properties and the fact that Mike Pence dated a Trump property recently in Ireland, even though it was hundreds of miles away from where he was actually having his meetings, um, it, it was surprising to us that this wouldn't kind of be folded into that. So what we heard from Oversight is that they are planning to take, quote unquote, alternative steps this week um, if they don't get answers from the Pentagon. And we we you know interpreted that as a subpoena. However, they haven't confirmed as much to us. Yeah, I have to say it's what's weird about that is it sure seems like the timing coincides with the story that you wrote being published. Um, it, you know, perhaps it was coincidental, but it doesn't seem like it would be to me. And it's weird that they didn't take more active steps to push the Pentagon and or um, make this a, an issue that they made that they pressed on publicly. Perhaps, you know, they the military had asked them to hold off because they were doing their own internal investigation and they were deferring to the military or didn't want to be seen cross to the military. Is that a possible uh, scenario that you could see? We've gotten no indication of that, actually. And in speaking with wow. the House Oversight Committee, they actually seemed extremely frustrated with the Pentagon and the fact that they hadn't gotten answers. And so I think that, you know, the House Oversight Committee has done a lot of what they've done in good faith. And if they were convinced that the Pentagon was actively investigating this and were going to get an answer to them, I think that they would have expressed that to us. But they seemed very ticked off, which is why they gave us that statement saying, you know, we haven't gotten a single document from the Pentagon and we're going to be forced essentially, um, most likely, you know, in so, so many words to issue a subpoena if we don't hear from them. Um, the fact that the fact that the Air Force is telling us that this is, you know, not necessarily unusual runs counter to their inability to get us a statement immediately when we were considering publishing the story um, on Friday. And the fact that they couldn't just turn around and say, look, sometimes, you know, this this happens. This is totally above board. Um, we were surprised that it took them a good 24 hours to come up with anything. Yeah, I have to say, I, 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 if if it's in fact the case that the Pentagon is just not, the military has not been cooperating at all. I, it, I don't understand. I'll just say as a lawyer, why it is that they did not push uh, this forward earlier. Now, I will say that the courts often they don't like um, having to deal with subpoena fights between branches of government, and I can understand them trying to create a record. Um, that makes it look like they're being cooperative with um, the White House or with the Pentagon. But um, and particularly in the area of national security, I could see that. But um, for them not to do anything to put pressure on them or put any kind of soft pressure is bizarre. And I suspect that's a part of the story that eventually we're going to hear about. There has to be either some reason or it's just pure negligence on their part that they didn't push this harder for earlier. It's, it's an interesting situation in which you as a journalist, I think, have potentially 
you know, um, move the ball and, and actually made an impact by drawing attention to something that didn't look like it was going to get attention uh, otherwise, potentially. Yeah, and I think it's it's equally surprising because this is not an isolated incident. Um, we have confirmed that there were many other instances where crew members, sometimes you know as many as two dozen of them, were staying overnight at Trump Turnberry. Um, and we are preparing a follow-up story to that extent. But the fact that this has been happening with regularity over at least the last year and the fact that we still haven't gotten any answers from the Pentagon or the Air Force, really substantive answers about why they're landing at Prestwick and why they feel that the only hotel they can stay at is Trump Turnberry, which ultimately, even if Trump Turnberry is giving the military a discount to stay at its property, is still going back, of course, into the pockets of the president, is really alarming. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, one thing that I I am curious about, um, there has to be some documentation and records on this. We actually had a listener who was in the military who said, look, every expenditure is recorded. There's cost comparisons that are run. Um, If they choose a more expensive option, they have to submit a memo. Um, You know, what sort of documents are you are are you expecting the the House to eventually get or or the public to eventually see regarding uh, these expenditures? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm really you know, I'm not familiar with kind of the internal um, document systems that the Air Force and the Pentagon have for this kind of thing. But there should be a recorded memo of of all the justifications for landing at the airport, for staying at Trump Turnberry. And hopefully the the House Oversight Committee will be given, you know, a comparative, you know, readout of the rates that the hotels were charging at the time of an explanation for why they landed at this airport, for why they had to drive 30 miles to get to this resort, even though there are about two dozen hotels in and around Prestwick that are less expensive on a regular basis than Trump Turnberry, and whether or not the per diem for these um, crew members were increased so that they could afford, you know, food and drinks at Trump Turnberry, which we were told is not the case, at least not for this particular crew stopover at Trump Turnberry in March, where we were told they were not really able to afford with their per diem, you know, the, the, the prices at this ritzy resort. So those are hopefully documents that that House Oversight will be getting. But when they get them is another question entirely. Yeah, I, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting is the state, the Air Force statement you got uh, said that the Air Force, the Air Force uh, spokesman said that Turnberry was, quote, the closest available and least expensive accommodations to the airfield within the crew's allowable hotel rates, unquote. Um, that seems to me to be false on its face, but I'm curious, have you done any digging to take a look at that uh, at that assertion? Yeah, we're looking into it now. Um, again, I think that if Trump Turnberry was offering discounts to the military in order to um, incentivize them to stay at their resort, then that in and of itself is problematic. Um, so it's possible that for that reason, if there were discounts given that the military was like, well, you know, we might as well just stay at Trump's property. Um, but it still couldn't have been cheaper than the, you know, 60 or $79 a night hotels that are in and around Presswick you know, that we've been looking at over the last 24 hours that could have easily, you know, accommodated five to seven or even a dozen of these crew members without having to pay for transportation to and from the resort. 
So it seems very unlikely on its face, and the Air Force has not provided us with actual records that prove that these um, hotel rates are are as cheap as they said that they were. You one thing you wrote was that in the past that uh, C seventeen uh, aircraft had st- had landed in air bases that were controlled by the United States in Germany and in Spain to refuel, as opposed to to going to that airfield in uh, Scotland. And that's air, that particular airfield has a partnership with Trump Turnberry is important to the existence and success of that uh, Trump resort. Uh, do you know anything about why the um, the uh, plane was refueling at that particular uh, airport as opposed to a, a U.S. military base? It's a great question, and, and we don't know why. And, and the folks that we spoke to. Um, who, you know, were, were speaking to the crew at this time also don't really have a good explanation for why it was rerouted from the usual stops that they make to refuel, which is, you know, Spain or Germany, military bases there, um, once they landed at a military base in, in Italy to refuel. But they had never on this particular trip from the U.S. to the Middle East um, to deliver supplies. They had never landed at this airport prior to March of this year. And that you know, I think is is part of why this is so odd and why the military, um, you know, telling us that this is not unusual is hard to believe because with regard to this particular crew, and we're not reporting anything else about other crews on other C-17s or whatever, but this particular crew had never experienced that. And we are also learning that flights flights with the U.S. military are landing with more frequency at this airport and have been landing with more frequency at this airport since about October of 2017. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I know General Mark Hurtling uh, had mentioned, uh, who's a, he's a CNN analyst, had mentioned that there's a whole bunch of military airfield options and, you know, they all would have cheaper fuel and airport fees because right. the military wouldn't be charging it, overcharging itself. Um, on its face, seems very problematic. And perhaps that that could end up being a bigger part of the story. In other words, if if the, you know, the Trump administration is diverting flights to an airport that's more expensive um, solely to help a, a Trump resort, that is it's it's less vivid, but it's than the than the stay at the particular resort. But it, it could be even more important economically. I think that's right, and and we also have to remember that Trump has since 2014 been a big advocate of this particular airport. If you go back and you look at his tweets, he's actually advertised, you know, uh, you know, announcements that he's made at this airport having to do with Trump Turnberry, um, because it is very important that this airport stays afloat in order for Trump Turnberry to continue doing well, because it is about 30 miles away from Trump Turnberry, whereas Glasgow is about an hour and a half away. So in order for Trump Turnberry to survive, essentially, this airport is is very necessary. And we don't know, of course, whether or not the military is, is actively trying to help the president here. I don't think that, that the, the intent here is necessarily relevant. I think that the fact that this is happening at all is is the big story here and questions need to be asked about, you know, who has been approving this at the highest level. One thing that had that had been mentioned, I think, by maybe a, cons- a conservative listener or critic potentially is that this th- there's an allegation that the contract with the airport um, was signed during the Obama administration with the Scotland uh, airport. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's true. I think, yeah. So the, the um, contract for more, 
um, for the for the U.S. military to use this airport to refuel its planes was signed, I believe, in October of 2016. Um, and ever, but the payments didn't actually start until October of 2017. And of course, it is not necessary for the planes to be landing at this particular base. What people will be saying is that you know, Ramstein Air Base in Germany is very much overwhelmed and that there are a lot of flights going in and out and that it's hard for them to keep up with the, with the traffic essentially. Um, but that is, that's not really a problem that we had ever heard before, before now. And this is not something that, you know, when we were speaking to this particular crew that they had expressed, they said that this was very unusual because usually they do land at U S military bases and other, and other folks that we've spoken to who have taken these flights also said that they had always landed at U.S. military bases and had always stayed on the bases rather than go out and stay in hotels. That was actually kind of, you know, not usual for them. Um, so I think, you know, the, the fact that this was signed during the Obama administration is not is not incredibly relevant here. I think the fact that these flights are landing there with more frequency and that the that the crews are staying at a resort owned by the president is very questionable. It, it, it certainly is. And, and one, I think perhaps the most powerful uh, words in the, the article you wrote were, were you say, and I'm going to quote you now, one crew member was so struck by the choice of hotel, markedly different than the Marriott's and Hilton's the 176th maintenance squadron is used to, that he texted someone close to him and told him about the stay, sending a photo and noting that the crew's per diem allowance wasn't enough to cover food and drinks at the Ritzy Resort. Uh, I have to say, I, was, I mean, I, that was shocking to me, and it really kind of drives home how unusual this is and also how it actually puts a burden on service members. Yeah, and another thing that we were told kind of after the story was published, more details that we got, which was um, that they actually felt out of place because, of course, you know, the, the Trump resort wasn't necessarily doing all that well, and it wasn't necessarily the fanciest resort in the world, but people were still walking around in nice clothes and golfing attire, and the service members felt like they were really out of place because they didn't have the clothes for that. They felt like they stood out like sore thumbs, and that is part of the reason, I think, why this was so strange for them, such a strange experience, because usually they're either walking around a U.S. military base where, you know, of course, that's they feel at home or they're in Hilton's and Marriott's or holiday inns where they don't have to worry about this kind of thing. So the fact that that was a concern and that was kind of something that, that this person flagged um, to, to their, to their confidant was very striking to us. And so we felt like we had to, to include that detail. One other detail uh, that really was striking to me is you talk about how this particular Trump property lost $4.5 million in 2017 but then the revenue went up three million dollars in 2018. Um, do, do you, you know, do you see any connection between this activity and the, uh, in, you know, the turnaround for that particular Trump resort? Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. We, I think, I want to clarify something, which is that people have been criticizing us and saying that we are attributing, you know, this, the, the, the stays by the U.S. military at Trump Turnberry to this $3 million boost that Trump Turnberry saw in 2018. That is not what we're reporting. We're simply noting that all of this kind of has been happening simultaneously since late 2017. You know, there are many reasons why Trump Turnberry might have 
increased its revenue in 2018. You know, the president is obviously much more well known now than he ever was before as the president of the United States. People might want to be staying at his resorts with more frequency because of that um, reputation. But the idea that the military has been spending money at these resorts and has been staying at uh, has been refueling at an airport and then sending its crew members to stay nearby at Trump's properties, I think, could obviously contribute to the amount of money that this that the resort has been making and therefore could be connected. However, we are not making that explicit connection there. We just wanted to note that the the revenue has increased and that may be due to a number of factors. Sure. And I, in fact, you know, when I look at this, I view it as very carefully worded to, to not suggest uh, that. It just says that this is the turnaround. And I was curious what any of any connection there might be, because I, I think that's fair to say. Um, have you been re- getting a lot of criticism uh, due to this piece? I, I would imagine you getting, you would probably be getting a lot of praise because it seems like this is an important uh, not piece of knowledge for the public to have. We have not. No, the only pushback that we've received really is from the Air, Air Force, which told us that this is that that them staying at this resort is, quote unquote, not unusual. But that was directly contradicted by what a current senior Air Force official told us, um, who had been actually based at the um, air base in Alaska, where this crew, C-17 crew, was based as well. And is very familiar with these kinds of flights told us, which is that it is very unusual that for them to land at Glasgow and to stay in a posh resort 30 miles away is is not the norm at all. Um, If anything, I've been getting flooded, absolutely flooded with um, stories from crew members, from members of the military who have experienced similar episodes where they had, they say, and we have to obviously verify this, but they have been telling us that they too had were were told to stay at Trump Turnberry, people who were at Trump Turnberry who witnessed busloads of people from the military coming to stay at the resort. Now, these are all things that we are in the process of verifying, but I don't think that the story is going away anytime soon for the president. Wow. So can you tell us anything more about sort of where you think this story is going or what leads your not what leads, but also just what avenues you're pursuing? I, I appreciate that you don't want to give necessarily too much away to your competitors, but it's, I think it's interesting for the public to know what else there may be out there. Sure. So we we definitely want to look more into this contract that the um, uh, that the Pentagon has with this particular airport and the fact that it's it appears to have been extended through 2024. Um, we want to obviously look more into the availability of hotels and properties that are nearby the airport and whether or not they are competitive or cheaper um, with Trump Turnberry and and why these crew members are staying with more frequency at that resort. Um, we want to know, we want to follow the House Oversight investigation and see what documents they are or are not getting from the Pentagon. And we essentially just want to keep following the story and see whether this continues, because it seems like it takes it to kind of a whole new level when the military and not just, you know, people close to Trump or the vice president or whoever it may be is staying at his properties. Now it's actually federal money that seems to be going into um, his coffers because he, of course, did not fully divest from his businesses when he became president. Well, that's right. And that makes it th- this entire situation possible. You know, in, in the past, presidents were putting their their portfolio in a blind trust and um, they weren't involved in it here. You have a president who knows that, you know, he can directly benefits from, uh, you know, money that flows into his own property. So it makes possible a type of corruption that that those ethics 
you know, those ethics, uh, you know, uh, uh, precautions uh, would have otherwise prevented. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. And the, the issue again here is is less the contract with the airport, I think, because, again, that was signed during the Obama administration. And there may be legitimate reasons why certain um, military planes need to land there to refuel. I think it's much more the fact that the crews are then being sent to stay at Trump's property um, because the two obviously are connected and the, the funds that are helping the airport stay afloat are also helping the Trump property and the Trump properties are also then getting money from the U.S. military. So I think that's something that that people really need to focus on here. Yeah, one thing I'm curious about is since you are somebody who's following the Trump administration and obviously a number of different stories as a national security correspondent, I'm curious, um, what is it that the public isn't paying enough attention to that they should be like? What is it that you're that you've been stories that you've been tracking or that you've been writing that haven't gotten the attention of this one that that people should be paying attention to? I think the the story about the um, administration putting a hold on funds to Ukraine is a really big story that has kind of gotten lost in the news cycle, but which we at Politico broke a few weeks ago. Essentially, the uh, Trump has ordered his national security team to review these funds that are being sent to Ukraine that have been sent to Ukraine to help assist its military to push back on aggression from Ukraine, from Russia. And that those funds expire at the end of September. So there is a deadline here. There's a, there's a countdown clock that is really, that it's really dwindling and the administration still has a hold on these funds. The Ukrainians are very concerned about this. They don't understand kind of why they've been singled out here, but what we what we've heard from the administration is that the president, you know, is is just intent on not spending money that may be perceived as taking away from the United States's, you know, own interests, which of course is nonsensical because one of the interests of the United States, of course, is is preventing this Russian sphere of influence and Russian aggression from growing, um, especially as it relates to Ukraine, which is a very important ally. So that I think is something that's been under the radar that we need to keep tracking closely. And I think another big one that we need to look out for in the coming months is the Roger Stone trial. Um, That could We've been doing a lot of reporting on that, and and we broke a story last week about um, the fact that that Roger Stone's close, one of his closest aides, Andrew Miller, is going to be testifying at that trial, but the government wants to call him as a witness. So it could get very interesting, and and you know I don't think that any of this trouble is going to be over for the president anytime soon. That's interesting. Yeah, and I I perhaps have not done enough to talk about the Roger Stone trial. I do think that that will be. Um, important. And as we saw, by the way, of course, with the recent uh, acquittal of Gregory Craig, these are not risk-free trials for the government. So it's going to be, I think, interesting uh, in many different uh, in many different ways. Yeah, well, I, I will tell you, uh, uh, Natasha, I admire your work. I have for quite some time and I admire just your development as a journalist is very impressive and I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Renata. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of On Topic. Please subscribe to this podcast, go to your app and review the podcast, and join us for our next episode. I'm Renato Mariotti. Until next time, let's stay on topic.
no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth.